Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Playing Around podcast with the star of the show, Paige Sporanic and Amanda Rose. Amanda59, you know her on Twitter. You love her on Twitter. Paige, that is the end of my intro, and I am now handing it off to you. Thanks, Teddy. <laughs> I was struggling with the intro this morning, and we have everyone's favorite guest, Teddy G, joining us again. Teddy, we actually were together in person recently, which doesn't happen often <laughs> anymore. No. But we were in Wisconsin at Geneva National, which is heaven on earth, a little slice of heaven. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, so our mutual friend now, Glenn Murray, who is the GM up there. A few months ago, he said to me, he's like, all right, we're going to open this putting course. It's going to be called the dance floor. going to have music and it's going to be great at night and drinks. Do you think Paige would come? And I said, I think you should ask if Paige would be there. So he was able to hook it up with you and your people. And the funny thing that Glenn has told me is ever since you agreed to come, I think he had a display in the pro shop and all these Wisconsin badgers, all these cheeseheads would walk in and they would say, is Paige seriously coming here? Like they couldn't <laughs> believe it. And there you were. And it was an amazing couple of days. We did a little Q&A. I know you helped a lot of people with their golf swings and put a ton of content on social. So it was phenomenal. And then also you got to talk about Chicago, but sticking on Wisconsin. Did you love that place? Honestly, I fell in love with it. I mean, cheese, amazing golf, and incredible people. I have never one ate so much cheese in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Seriously, so much cheese. Uh, but the golf there was spectacular. So I have never experienced Wisconsin golf, and I even need to go back and play the rest uh-huh. of the golf courses there. Um, but they had three courses at Geneva National. They have the Player Golf Course after Gary Player. The Palmer Golf Course, Arnold Palmer, and then the Trevino Course, Lee Trevino. So um, three amazing 18 holes there. Plus they have the dance floor, which is an 18-hole putting course, which is 
honestly, it's kind of difficult. Like when you think of like an 18 hole putting course, you think of like either mini golf or just kind right. of this flat, you know, green. Um, but it's really complex with like where you have to put it and it's really fun too, but it's kind of like a mix between real golf and mini golf, which I actually really enjoyed. Well, you know, it, it's intense out there when you can discover a par five on a putting course. So we went out at night with my boys, Jeff and Keon, and we were, we were putting it around, but man, I, I, I love hating on you. You know, we have this relationship where we give each other shit for all this kind of stuff, but your golf game, I, I've, I, I've never seen it so good. I mean, starting with the fact that you hit the first putt in the history of the course, and it was a really tough left to right breaker with, with hellacious break in the end. And you almost, and you almost sank it. And then we played in a, a scramble. And again, I hate to lavish you with praise, but holy shit, you had a hole out, <laughs> you chipped in, you made like three bombs and I don't think you hit any bad shots. So Wisconsin is very good for your golf game page. Yeah, it, it comes and goes, you know, it's I'll play like that. And I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. And then um, I'll get the yips and I can't hit a tee shot off the tee. And I'm like, I hate golf more than anything in the entire world. <laughs> so it's like there's days that it's there and there's days that there's not. But uh, yeah, we had a lot, a lot of fun playing together. I think it was really cool how we did. I did a scramble two days. So I played with a bunch of people and I really like that. I think that people get so stuck in playing like the traditional stroke play, have to play your ball out, have to play by the rules. And if you're a golfer who's more casual where you don't get to play all the time, we did kind of this scramble format with, you know, a lot of people and it was so much fun. I did that for the first day and the second day. And I feel like people can actually like mix it up a little bit more and not feel so, you know, rigid with how they have to play golf. I'm just glad we weren't betting because you guys were eight under through 10 and my group, which included basically a scratch player made back-to-back bogeys, which is actually hard to do with a three person scramble. That's how bad we sucked. (laughs) Oh no. But I mean, it was all about getting out there and having a great time. And I'm excited to go back to Geneva national because, and especially when, the dance floor is completely done because they're going to have a little built-in cantina there. They're going to do oh. bottle service at night, which when <laughs> Glenn said that, I was like, how, how is that going to happen? Like I just had them walking down the steps of the clubhouse with like the sparklers and the girls and like their little <laughs> lingerie. Like, I was thinking like full on club. I'm like, is that how this bottle service is going to be? Cause I'm all, I'm all in. Like Geneva National, every year they add a star. Like the first year I went there, I'm like, yeah, this place is okay. It's, you know, it's probably a three-star resort. And Glenn Murray has gotten in there and the suites are amazing. You'd have no idea that you're in just some, you know, just some Wisconsin, central Wisconsin place. I mean, you, you think it's like, it's like a Kohler property now. I mean, it is like a high-end, beautiful place. The bathrooms are amazing. The fixtures And then you just walk out to three unbelievable 18-hole courses with great views right on the water. And then you've got good food, and then you've got entertainment at night. So I think Glenn said that to me. He's like, uh, hopefully this is just the start of a beautiful friendship with age. Uh, I know I go out there a couple times a year, so hopefully you'll start doing that too. I'm definitely going back. Like I said, I have never met nicer people in my entire life. Everyone there was so incredibly friendly, so hospitable, just like, they're like, what do you need? What can we do? Like, I want to be your best friend. I'm like, I love it here. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Would you like some cheese? 
we had 27 varieties <laughs> of cheese. The, yeah, the players of like cheese that they were bringing out to me that made me fall in love with the place. But no, it was it was awesome. And then um, got to go to Chicago right after that, which was great. So we went to Wrigley for a Cubs game. Uh, Amanda, have you ever been to Chicago to Wrigley? I haven't. So when I went to the PGA championship, it was like 2010. I just, that was all I wanted to do for my, my 16th birthday was go to fucking Wisconsin. And we went and our flight got canceled or whatever. So they put us on a bus and sent us to Chicago. And I was in the Chicago Hilton airport for a (laughs) night. So that is my experience in Chicago. Um, I don't know. I'd have to find Chicago at like the right time of year because it's either really cold or really hot. And like, I like that mellow kind of like seventies, you know, weather. I don't, I don't need the hot and I don't need the cold. So no, well, no, it no was, Chicago for me. Y- you had the most perfect weather, right? Paige. I mean, I want to hear about your Wrigley experience. So that's a place I've been in that ballpark mm, three or 400 times. I covered the Cubs for a few years. I've gone as a fan and kind of like Augusta national. I always say this place is not overrated at all. It lives up to the hype. So that was my second time at Wrigley. And the first time was this amazing experience where I go back and forth of liking baseball and not liking baseball, but I've never really been to before that, like a true baseball stadium, one with like a ton of history and just these crazy fans that just love, you know, the Cubs and love their state, everything about, they just have so much passion for it. Um, so we'd go to the Rockies games and people were, you know, it was a fun thing to do, but there just wasn't that same type of energy. And so the first time I went to Wrigley, I was like, oh, this is different. And this is really cool. Like, this is what baseball really is. Yes. And I, I really honestly like, fell in love with it. And I just got it in that moment. And then so going back again, um, first time sat in the stands, like watched the entire game awesome experience. This time we sat at like one of the little suites and we were like on the outskirts of the stadium. So we were in the stadium, but sitting, you know, on the outside of it, we were just, you know, had this beautiful view of, you know, downtown Chicago. And we sat out there almost the entire game game was on TV and it was an amazing experience. So I'm like two very different, you know, experiences, but both of them were amazing. So I am a big fan of Wrigley. Uh, the people yeah. there were awesome. They got me a jersey that says my name on the back, which was pretty cool. And they put my name up on the, um, like the big sign when you walk in. So they made right. it really special for me. And it was not enough time in Chicago. I was only there for uh, about a day, but it was well worth it. I was trying to get you to throw out the first pitch or maybe chip the first pitch, chip it to the catcher's mitt. Wasn't able to accomplish that. So maybe one day you will. But yeah, Wrigley is like baseball in your backyard. And there was a guy, a pitcher named, I think, Bill Seamus, who once played for both the Cubs and the White Sox. And not to hate on the White Sox. And their stadium has improved a lot. But he was comparing it. It was like, it's baseball in your backyard versus baseball at a truck stop. Like some stadiums just don't feel that intimate and Wrigley has that incredible element. Plus all that stuff where you were Paige in the plaza, that's all like the last like six to seven years. I mean, that street there on Clark was just a complete dump. Like you had like a dumpy McDonald's and a Taco Bell and it was a parking lot. And now it's this beautiful place where, you know, you're at the game, but you've got some like antsy three-year-old kids. So now you can go out to the plaza, (laughs) play catch with him or her and get a nice break. There's a million alcohol choices, food choices, there's tacos, there's barbecue. So I'm glad you saw my city in uh, in a good light. 
Yeah, definitely need to make my way back. Had a lot of fun there. But while all this was going on, we've had a ton of live golf drama that I think we (laughs) need to get into because uh, from the Taylor Gooch saying that it was like a Ryder Cup President's Cup to, you know, Pat Perez shooting 80 and making 900 K. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but so this was the second tournament that the live hosted. It was in Oregon and it seemed like there was a pretty good turnout. Amanda, did you watch a lot of it on YouTube? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I watched it uh, for the three days on Twitch and it was so painful. Like the golf is so bad. The commentators have their heads so far up Greg Norman's ass. It's just like, it's just painful. Like it's uncomfortable. They're calling Pat Reed, uh, you know, a, a, a fan favorite. It's like, dude, pull your head out of everyone's fucking ass. Like, it's just so over the top. The golf is terrible, right? They play shit golf. It, Pumpkin Ridge is a dog track. Like, I'm sorry. Wow. But, I mean, the, you, if you looked at the, the whatever, like the skirts and stuff around the greens or the fringe around the greens, it was like patchy and gross. Like the fact that there were so many guys over par at a course that is, like I said, kind of a dog track it was just ridiculous like the golf sucks the players are all kind of assholes like I I don't know I'm just the more guys that go that I'm like oh I actually liked you as a person like Abe answer like why the fuck did he go like he's a nice dude he just won a world golf championship last year he's exempt for like the next whatever years on the PGA tour and he goes to live like you have your own company you don't need money like you were doing just fine and then no one was really talking about Paul Casey because he's injured. No one really gives a shit about Paul Casey. And then all of a sudden he pops up on the broadcast and he's like, yeah, I'm the next signee. And I'm just sitting there like, what? Like you're injured. So are they, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to cut a finger off every time that Paul Casey like shows up and then just doesn't tee <laughs> off at a tournament? Like he literally did that like six times this past season on the PJ tour. So I don't know. It's, it's bad golf. It's bad commentary. It's just all around bad. The shotgun start is painful. There's no rhythm to the broadcast. It's just not good. Wow. This is going to be the resumption of the last yeah, time. Did you, I was like, do you feel the same sentiments? <laughs> well, the last time I was on the pod, absolutely. We were talking about live and Amanda was saying that the fields were going to be awful and no one was going to play. And I was saying like, you watch out. Money's a powerful uh, intoxicant, and I think it's going to be more than you the think. The fields are decent, but they're playing like shit. So you're saying all the players are just playing bad? Yeah. Why? I mean, why else would they go? Like, there's. I mean, Paige literally just said that Pat Perez shot eighty and made nine hundred thousand dollars. Like, I yeah. Mean, I mean, he sucked. I, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that every player is all of a sudden playing bad at the same time. I mean. I watched I watched way less than Amanda than you did. I probably watched like a half an hour. I actually thought Arlo White was pretty funny. He's pretty cheeky. I, I've not caught the moments where he's sucking up to Norman and all that kind of stuff. I've read on Twitter that a lot of that is happening. That's unfortunate. But I think they have kind of a good sense of humor about it. They're not taking stuff too seriously. I really like the drone flyovers um, where, you know, when they preview the hole that way. Um, so from what I've seen, I've kind of liked and like if your choice over the weekend was that or the John Deere, you were probably watching live. Yeah, the John Deere wasn't bad. Like on Sunday, it was pretty interesting until like the last two holes when it was like, okay, either Poston chokes or he wins. But like, it's just painful. Like I was just getting annoyed watching it. It's like I just kept yelling at it. Like, Paige, have you watched any of it? You know, it's funny. I was going to say that I've been so busy that I haven't had any time to like sit down and just watch golf. 
Um, so I wasn't able to watch the live event or the John Deere, but I will say I was following on social. I didn't see any John Deere highlights. I saw a ton of live clips, which again, everyone's talking about it, whether it's good or bad, you know, it's that argument is, you know, (laughs) bad press, you know, all good press at the end of the day. And I saw a ton of live clips going viral, a ton of them. And that's interesting to me. And I think either, you know, it's, it's getting them going. And I don't know if they're doing this on purpose or if they really think that this is like the future of golf, but Mm -hmm. watching that interview with Dustin Johnson, (laughs) (laughs) we had uh, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch and um, Pat Perez. They won the team event. So that's how Pat Perez won the 900 K. So he made money from um, his individual score. And then he made money from winning the team event, which was, I think, 750,000. So they split the money between the four players. And the interviewer asked Taylor Gooch, you know, how is this you know, environment for you. And he was like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never played in either a Ryder cup or a president <laughs> cup, but it feels very similar. And you look over at Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson and Dustin Johnson had to look away. And Patrick Reed had this little <laughs> smile on his face and that, that little clip went viral and everyone was talking about it. And I remember Taylor Gooch saying, Oh, I'm not very smart. I just like to play golf. Well, it's confirmed. Yeah. He's not very yeah. smart and he's never going to get an opportunity to play a Ryder cup or a president's cup. And this is going to be it for, you know, his career. And Agreed. at this point, it's like, Good for you. You're making a shit ton of money, but yep. is that is that all it's ever going to be for you? I mean, it's it's that yeah. that was kind of sad in the sense that like he's never experienced something bigger than this event, and he never yeah. will now. Yeah. I think we should dedicate this podcast to Taylor Gooch because I mean that comment was just so idiotic and so hilarious. It deserves to be amplified as much as humanly possible. If we dedicate it to Taylor Gooch, we might get like seriously censored and iTunes would be like, no. They'd be like, no, Gooch, Gooch, no. And why did you spell Taylor wrong? I mean, come on. The kid can't be oh, that, that smart. His fucking funny. parents can't even spell Taylor correctly. <laughs> they all have bizarre like, spellings, right? Like, I mean, it's I, bad enough that his last name is fucking Gooch. It's like, and then they add Towler on front of it. Like, I liked when DJ was asked, uh, DJ, you're the captain of your team. What, what sort of pep talk are you going to give your guys? And he's like, um, I just hope they play well. <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump out there. Yeah. Well, and then at the after they won, they put all of the guys on this podium and gave them champagne bottles and announced that they were the win. And they're shaking these bottles and spraying each other. And you see, you see DJ walk off stage. Like he's like, I am done with this. And he did it for like oh. a second and then just walked off. Like he's like, I want. Taylor Gooch was like prepping the bottle before anyone else. And he could not get the cork out until like DJ was walking off the stage. Like Taylor Gooch's champagne spray was not a champagne spray. Like, tell me you've never played the Ryder Cup without telling me you've never played the Ryder Cup. And the only person who nailed it was Pat Perez. And we know Pat Perez has done that plenty of times (laughs) in his lifetime. Vegas, man. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's got that bottle service every week. That's why he needed that. But see, that's the thing. And he got, so he got 10 million. That's chump change compared to the rest of them. And that's probably what Pat spends in a year. So I'm genuinely curious how he's like going to survive. Like there's no way that he does not spend at least 5 million a year. At least five. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about this a lot where 
the issue with all of this and the players is that they're not being authentic for the reasons why they're going. And I think mm-hmm. with Pat Perez, he was like, you know what? I'm old. I don't yep. want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I want to yes. get paid. And this is like winning the lottery to me. And yes. I respect his honesty and him showing up before the first round and like the, the money shirt and oh, the, so- um, <laughs> literally wore like a button up money shirt and he's just he's owning it and he's playing yes. into it which I do respect and again everyone was talking about him shooting a final round 80 and then making all the money because of the team event in the format and a lot of people I tweeted about and they were like well you're why are you hating on him for making money and it's like that's that's not that's the not issue all. with all yeah. of this it's just funny that he had an objectively horrible day for a professional golfer <laughs> and got paid more than people will get paid in their entire lifetime. Yeah. That is what is just so crazy to me. But it, it like justifies his decision. He knows I'm not very good anymore. If I play the John Deere classic, I'm going to make $12,000 or I can make 30 times that much or 60 times that much doing the live. Yeah. What I found really interesting on social media is when I do tweet something that is kind of revolving around the live tour, how it is 50-50, it's split. And there seems to be a lot of people who are really for the live tour, but I keep looking at their profiles and they have like six followers and nine followers. I'm like, are they creating all of these accounts to defend like the live tour or are these actual people who are fans of this tour? Because you would think that if those are just the sheer numbers off of just tweets and engagement that you would see those numbers and views on YouTube and streaming and, you know, going to these events. And it looked like there was actually a pretty decent turnout at the tournament from pictures that I saw and what people were reporting who were there. And I don't know. It's gaining a lot of traction. It seems like Twitter, right? It started out where all the big voices in the media, certainly all the golf media, were telling people like, this is awful. Like combination of, you know, the human rights record and what this is going to do to the PGA Tour. This is bad. And I think a lot of people on Twitter just resent being told how to think. So then they turned around and they're like, well, wait a second. Like, you know, DP World Tour, DP World is owned by UAE and they don't have a good human rights record. Or what about the NBA in China? And then what about just like capitalist society where we all just want to make as much money as we can in a lot of respects. And then I think also when the PGA tour came out and made all those changes and started creating its own no cut events, lucrative ones. I think a lot of people were like, Hmm. So they had extra money kind of stocked up anyway. Maybe the players had, maybe the pro golfers have been underpaid. This whole time. So it does seem like there's been a shift in public opinion. But they're golfers. They're not fucking heart surgeons. Like the fact (laughs) that they're making money to play professional golf. They are so lucky they make fucking anything. Like at the end of the day, like I'm not trying to be a dick, but you're a fucking golfer. You are not Mahatma Gandhi, who was also a shitty person. Other than the piece shit, if you actually (laughs) look into what he says, racist motherfucker, not a good dude. But like they're not changing the world like the only person that i'm like you know what you do deserve as much money as you have is tiger because tiger put all that money in everyone else's pockets right rory yeah rory's a great ambassador for the game rory is what we need rory is someone that should be paid but i mean pat perez what the fuck does he do he shows up on tmz every once in a while smoking a cigarette like he he doesn't do anything for the game and the people that like pat perez are people that 
probably don't read books very often. Like, and I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying like, that's kind of who he appeals to. And it's that's America. You're describing America right now, Amanda. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. I think we've had this discussion before. It's like how overpaid are professional athletes? I mean, you look so at much. I have someone who can well, dribble a round orange ball and put it into a hoop and they should be making, you know, like yes. otherwise the owners are going to make it. Yes, I'd rather see the players make it. Otherwise, the billionaire owners who are always claiming they're losing money and are complete liars. I would rather the players, the actual entertainers, make the money. It's an interesting conversation, but I, how would you want to see them do it? I mean, do you want to see them do it the way that they're doing it for the live tour? Are you a component of like, who cares how they make their money as long as they're making their money? I mean, when I've talked to a ton of people about it, they're like, honestly, you give me 200,000. 200, That's like <laughs> a, a penny for these guys now. $200 million. And they're like, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Like even yeah. Charles Barkley had a, a clip where he was like, I'd kill a relative for $200 million. <laughs> one that I even liked. Like, you know, a lot of people would be like, yeah, I would, I would do it. And it seems like more and more people are coming out and being like, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it too. I'd do it. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that was my point. And we were just over breakfast here with my family. Um, my sister, uh, God love her. My family loves talking politics and all that. My kids usually quickly like leave the room when that happens. So she was railing on the live guys. And yes, I understand that perspective. Like you cannot possibly justify their human rights record, like the Khashoggi thing and what they do to homosexuals. It's like deplorable beyond belief. But my point early on and all throughout this thing is if you offered me or anybody 10 times as much money to work half as much it's incredibly hard to turn down. So it's easy for people who don't have that opportunity to say like, how dare you? I would never do this until they actually have the opportunity to make the money. And then it's a lot harder to say no. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, we've spent, I don't know how many, how much time talking about the Live Tour and we barely have mentioned the PGA Tour and the John Deere. I mean, no matter where I'm at, no matter what event, the people that I'm with, the first question that I get asked is, what do you think about the Live Tour? That is number one across the board. Mm -hmm. And people are like fascinated by it. I mean, this is a very, we can joke about it all day long. This is a very historic moment in golf, in professional sports, because no other league has had a successful rival come in and actually kind of be competition. And so we're seeing this for the first time. And it's exciting because you're hoping that it's going to raise the bar in competition. But it's also a bit scary that, you know, what we're used to this tradition that especially is so tied into golf could potentially be dead. By next year, like no one knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of legal battles. This could go on forever. Um, but golf, as we know it, is forever changed in this moment. And I think that's a lot for people to handle. And I don't think a lot of people have actually like really sat down and thought about it that way because there's just so many jokes around what's been going on with like the live tour. And it's like hard to just not laugh at some of the things that they're doing. I'll be really upset if an event like the Travelers in Connecticut, which is like the best run event on the PGA Tour, goes away because, you know, some of these smaller events without the giant purses, um, you know, if they get threatened by live. And then if it really affects the Ryder Cup, that is going to suck. I mean, if half of America's players are unwanted and not invited or in two thirds of Europe, I mean, that is going to really kill it as a as a sports fan as a golf fan that would suck yeah i'm just thinking about you know what could happen what potentially could go on with like the future of golf and how it's going to affect you know one all the professionals but our jobs as well and are we then going to have to then all look over to the lift tour and have to work with the lift tour if the pga tour doesn't happen or if the lift tour it's like you there's so many different alternatives that could take place and yeah. who knows like who really knows wasn't there like another tour too that was trying to come in at one point like years ago what yeah. happened with them so the world golf championship started in the 90s because greg norman tried to do this whole global tour bullshit like fuck you tim finjum and then that like never worked out and the pga tour ended up buying the events and turning them into the uh, world golf championships and then it originally started out as the PGL, I think, which was the was whatever the idea. And then they wanted the Saudi money, and then the Saudis were like, "Actually, no!" And then turned around and made their own thing. So, is that what you mean, like the SGL PGL? Yeah, thing? I remember. We were yeah, talking that about was this, around like, the same time, like years yeah. ago, when there was like yeah. the two like wars, yeah, mm-hmm. that were coming. And then I just haven't heard about the other one. So who knows? Maybe there might be a third yeah. player in this game. <laughs> yeah, I think I I want to say the PGL. They're like trying to either work with like the euro tour or the pga tours as to not be like the same type of competition because i guess they have quote-unquote european money granted it's probably still dirty money it's just not saudi arabian money right. um but we'll, we'll see what happens with that i think i i just think the whole thing's unnecessary it's you have the pga tour you have the european tour it's enough fucking golf tours like it's it's enough yeah Paige. i think they started the WGCs in retaliation for like the last threat. So like this last threat came around and then they're like, all right, let's start events that are smaller fields, more money, and we'll go to more places in the world. So I think that's what, that's what knocked that one out. And then, you know, this time it's just this wave. It's just so much money. 
And you had all, you know, all these guys in their 40s who are looking for massive paychecks at the end of their career. And then DJ came in and then Bryson came in and Phil almost submarined it with what he said. And then he had no choice to join because these are not the people you want to owe something to. So yeah, the PGA tour has been able to like block them in the past, but this is just a flood right now. People always keep talking about the older players who are going to jump ship over to live, but I'm really concerned about the growth of junior and college golf, because Mm -hmm. imagine if the live tour comes to a top ranked amateur, um, they're in college and they're like, we're going to guarantee you a hundred million dollars and we're going to groom you or grow you into being the superstar. I don't know how many kids and parents would potentially turn that down and they can actually turn this into like a system where it's maybe like, okay, we're going to bring you in now. And then we get, you know, 20% of your future earnings. And it could be like Mm -hmm. this whole thing and it could really ruin amateur golf and college golf and junior golf. If they really try to start growing these youngsters into huge stars, which Mm -hmm. I think could be a real threat to the tour. Yeah. Eugenio Chakara. That is exactly what's happening there. So he lost mm-hmm. in the NCAA championships, second ranked amateur in the world. And he played in Portland. Yeah. I mean, cause at that point, it's like, it's a crapshoot if you're going to make it on tour or not. So mm-hmm. they are going to be taking the risk on these players, but you could get the next Tiger Woods. And if you have someone like that, that you've been, you know, grooming from, I mean, junior golf when they're like 14, 15, you have this person, you have this next superstar, and that's going to be really hard to compete against. Jason Sobel had a good tweet during, uh, during the U.S. Open. He said, all right, the word on, you know, at the driving range is the players who say they're definitely not joining are thinking about joining, <laughs> and the players who say they're thinking about joining are definitely joining. So I can only imagine what the talk is like in the locker rooms now. For sure. I, we didn't talk about this. Um, so we, you know, went a little bit without the last podcast, but Brooks Kepka has now joined the live tour right. and it made a lot of headlines because he was at the U S open just a week prior. And he said, one, I don't want to talk about this. You guys are a black cloud over the U S open. And, um, I just don't want to participate this in this conversation. And then, you know, joins the live tour. <laughs> and now people are like, who's going to join now? Because everyone's saying I'm not going to join. They put out these statements and then they're joining. And so no one really knows. And you do have people like, um, Morikawa who's coming in saying, I, you know, Um, I'm not going to participate. Salad Taurus has put out a statement and said, I am not going to join. And so there is a lot of that going on, but it's interesting to see how the players are interacting with these social clips of other players. So when the Taylor Gooch, um, you know, clip jumped out, they posted on social media and Justin Thomas commented, he's like, this is the, one of the most outrageous things I have ever heard. So, you know, there's kind of like this back and forth between the players. And I mean, if there is, hold on, hear me out. What if if the Ryder Cup goes away, what if you have a live tour versus the PGA tour and they make like their own little Ryder Cup? Yeah, that's scary, but it it might be reality. Did you see the Fred Couples, Phil Mickelson stuff? Like these guys were good friends. And then like Freddie just unleashed on the guy and says he's never going to talk to him again and just hammered Phil for his uh, phony press conference. What exactly did he say in the article? Because I, I just saw the headline that says, you know, Freddie Couples is never going to speak to Phil Mickelson ever again. He basically says like, you know, you hear these guys trying to justify it. 
like Phil and they sound like clowns. He's like, what's coming out of Phil's mouth right now is ridiculous. I don't think I'm ever going to talk to that guy again. Fair. Yeah. For Freddie, who's never been known as like a big headline maker with, with what he says, that was uh, that was pretty bold. With a ton of nice guys on tour, I kind of like the fact that they're being a bit more feisty and there is that competitiveness, you know, and like I'm saying, like if the Ryder Cup's going to go away, <laughs> I want to see this head to head against these guys. I think that's yes. going to be really fascinating. But someone asked me when I was at Geneva National, someone asked me who is going to win the Open this year? And I yeah. really struggled with that. I want to hear from you guys just first initial thoughts because it is coming up and a lot of the guys are heading that way right now. And honestly, no one really just jumped out right away for me. Of course, you want to say Tiger Woods because it's at the old course and he has so much history there and he loves it and you could never bet against Tiger. But besides that, is there anyone else that you guys are just initially thinking about? I already put some money on Zell Torres. I put money on him right after the U.S. Open. I was really? like, he, he might have a chance. Yeah, I think I got him at 25 to 1 for nice. the futures. And that was just like, he's going to do it at some point, And he's probably going to be somewhere near the lead. And I'll probably be able to cash it out at some point. Yes. Like, I think he's <laughs> he's a good one. But I think the prop bets are going to be good. Like, um, like Tiger to make the cut, I think, will probably pay nicely. A Bryson to miss the cut. Like, a lot of the live guys to miss the cut. DJ, some of the bigger names. I think that's going to be where a lot of people are making the money. I think it's going to be less on the outrights and a lot more on the prop bets. Yeah. So I was thinking about Tiger. I think he's probably going to be maybe plus 350. So like three and a half to one to be a top 10. That's going to be so attractive because, I mean, I think he's been focusing on uh, St. Andrews probably from mm -hmm. about a month after his accident. Like Augusta was going to be a tough one because of the hills and because it was April. And then the PGA Championship was going to be tough, you know. There's hills in the name, Southern Hills. He was never going to play in the U.S. Open, but this is the one. He's now got more time to recuperate. He freaking obviously loves the course, loves mm -hmm. the event. He knows every you know type of shot to hit. He's got every one in his bag. So he's going to be immensely popular. I hope the make the cut pays well. I suspect it's only going to be more like minus 200. We have to pay 200 to win $100 because everybody's just going to assume Tiger's made the cut the way he's been grinding his ass off on Friday. But it's good. I'm looking at the points bet odds right now. Rory McIlroy, plus 900. Rom, Scheffler, JT. Um, I think the Zalatoris thing is super interesting because, right, when you think about, you know, those British Open courses, it's about the ball striking, which is exactly what he does. So him on a top five is going to be immensely popular, too. And I am now a Zalatoris fan, so I guess I gotta <laughs> put some money on him. Yep. But yeah, I mean, we keep mentioning names, but there's not one player that really is jumping out and that everyone I feel is going to be on this for the Open. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. You could make a case, what, Sam Burns, 40 to 1. Mm -hmm. Tiger's going to be Those are good 40. odds on Sam Burns. Yeah, I mean, Justin Rose, we saw he's like, capable he should have shot 58 or 59 a couple weeks ago um wow can you imagine if a live guy wins if i'm just scrolling the odds like patrick reed at 66 uh it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting and who knows after this major is done there's gonna be so much speculation about what augusta national is going to do and who, who they're going to allow to play but as long as it's the open as this one is they have to allow all the people who have qualified to play in this event i feel the RNA still hasn't come out and has decided officially, correct? 
I think they did. I think I saw a headline that says, yes, everybody's. They did. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really see many people talking about that. I, I haven't seen like the official statement, but it's not surprising. I felt like they were going to allow them to play, especially after yeah. the USGA allowed the players um, to compete in the U S open, but yes, it's going to be really interesting next year when, and especially because of how it's set up too. I think if it was, maybe another major first, but the fact that it goes um, the masters and then the PGA, which Jay Monahan had those yeah. very vague remarks, which sounded like the PGA might rule against the live players. And then yes. Augusta it's to me, it feels 50, 50. I'm really not sure on what way they're going to lean, but I almost think it might be a no. Yeah, I do too. I think so. I heard from, someone in DJ's camp back at the API that the reason he didn't play the Saudi Arabia event in February, because he got a call from Fred Ridley, who was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> let's, let's not, you know, let's not do this. And that's, that was the reason that from what I heard from someone in DJ's camp was that was the reason was he got a call from Fred Ridley. And that's why he didn't play the Saudi event. And that's why he was thinking about not joining live after that. So that's why I was really surprised because I was like, oh shit. Like he literally already pulled out of an event because of the masters, you know? And then, so it'll be interesting, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Masters said, no, because they have the right to invite whoever the fuck they want and they don't want the negative energy around, you know, like I, I think I saw a headline that said like no one is bigger than the masters and they don't want they want to keep it that way. So if they say no to the live players, then the no story is going to be bigger than them. If they say yes to the live players and the live players can be bigger than them. So they're kind of fucked either way. But I I find it hard to believe that. um the masters would end up allowing them to play. Can we imagine that call where Fred Ridley calls DJ and uh, DJ goes, who? <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Probably no idea who Fred Ridley is. DJ would be more upset about the sandwiches than actually competing <laughs> yes. at the Masters. Uh, That's yeah. the thing. Like once DJ found out that the PGA Tour is nothing to do with the Masters and nothing to do with the sandwiches, he's like, "Oh, oh I no. still have a chance of the pimento. We good." I think <laughs> it's greater though, than fifty. Yeah, you go. I, I, Greg Norman getting royally fucked by the Masters. <laughs> again, again. It comes just full circle over and over. But that could be, like you were saying, Amanda, like they can control golf in that moment. Because yeah. if they say no, then they still have all of the power. And yeah. I think that obviously is very important to them. They want to be the figurehead within golf. And the Masters is all about tradition. I mean, they mm -hmm. thrive off of tradition. It's the same yeah. every single year. And maybe I said 50-50, but now like thinking about it, I think it's 70-30 yeah. that they're probably going to say I, no. I just can't imagine them doing it. I'm going 70-30. They say yes, just because, I mean, so many past champions. Just because Teddy loves Live Tour. He's, <laughs> on, mean, he's on Norman's payroll at this point. <laughs> I'm just looking at it like how many past champions would they close the door to? So they're not going to have well, Patrick DJ Reed, I'm sure or they'd Sergio. Really give a shit, though. Or they give a shit. They give a shit about having the champions dinner. Like, that's that's a big thing in the club. Like, you've won the event. You can come back yeah, but every guess who's year. still going to be there? Tiger. Adam Scott. Well, I don't think anyone really gives shit about Adam Scott, but like Tiger's still going to be there. Jack's still going to be there. Like you think about it, like if the PGA tour is like, you know what? We no longer have to deal with Dustin Johnson's 
nose issues. We don't have to deal with Patrick Reed and his wife. We don't have to deal with Bryson complaining about fucking everything and trying to like side saddle putt and all that shit. They're probably happy that those three are no gone. Way. They are probably like they good fucking all- riddance. They we want are done Bryson. dealing with you. They want no, see, I don't I they think do. a lot of them give them a lot of trouble. I mean, I don't know, dude. You think the PGA tour doesn't want Bryson and Brooks to play in their events? I think it's good for them, but they cause them a lot of grief. Like they probably get a lot of calls from Bryson and Justine and Patrick and like all these guys. And they have issues. Like when there are guys that you have disciplinary issues with and just issues in general, like you kind of get rid of them. You're like, bye. Done dealing with you. I think we have to think about this too, from the, a larger perspective, because we're so tied into golf and we know all the stories or rumors or whatever you want to call it. And we can speculate on certain things, but when you think about a casual golf fan and the, the players that you go out on the street and you go name five players, I'm sure it'd be Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson. I feel like those are the players that people would name and that's the problem or Phil or Phil Mickelson. And so it's like us within this, you know, very tight golf industry and we really you know analyze everything and we know all this inside stuff a casual golf fan is gonna maybe go to portland oregon to watch you know phil mickelson and dustin johnson and brooks kepka because to them those are big names because unfortunately the tour has done such a good job of building these players up and Mm -hmm. you know even though they've caused them headaches they have been the storyline. Brooks and Bryson have been the storyline for the last two years. No one got more media attention than obviously we'll take Tiger out of that than Brooks and Bryson. And yeah. so that's kind of the problem where it's like, if you think within golf and the players that we like, we bet and we know about, you can't go on the street and show someone a picture of Sam Burns. And that's not a diss on <laughs> Sam Burns, but it's like, they just wouldn't know. How about him. JT you, Poston? JT Poston. And it's just like either the tour needs to do a better job of diversifying who they promote and not putting all of their eggs in one basket and trying to make like, um, even funny last year, everyone was betting on Matthew Wolf, Matt Wolf, everything, because they tried to build him up and build him up. I think people would even say Matt Wolf over some of the people that are playing on the PGA tour. And so PGA tour, they still have a ton of great stars, big names, but you're looking at the live and it's like, a lot of people know those names more than a lot of the guys no. that are playing on the PGA tour right now. And that's, that's kind of where it's tricky. And we made it far in this podcast without mentioning Phil, but obviously the masters loves Phil. I mean, that's another one who they'd have to exclude if they just stiff arm all the live guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we will keep everyone updated. I'm sure they'll let come. us know first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll be the first call. Of course. <laughs> Again, it's a really interesting time in golf, but it gives us a lot to talk about. It's much yes, better it than talking about Tony Finau's McDonald's order after he <laughs> won. And although it's it's scary and this could change, you know, the 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 history of golf in itself, yep. it is it's fun to be involved in it right now and it's fun to speculate, it's fun to talk about. Um, but it's really interesting to see what happens and hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Thank you so much, Teddy G for coming on and Amanda as always. And as you guys know, just make sure to follow along 
on our podcast accounts, the Playing Around Podcast. Leave us five stars, write us some reviews. You can write in questions at the PAR at iHeartRadio.com email address, the PAR email address. So um, yeah, always send us some questions. We'll do some TNA next time. And thanks for listening. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.